Chapter 19 Up we flew, up from the pine needle covered floor of the forest, up, up through the treetops, up into brilliant sunlight. The osprey's eyes scanned the horizon, from the distant mountains to the sea, now less than a mile away, down to the farms and roads and gas stations and dairy queens no more than three miles distant. It would be child's play for the yerk to fly to the nearest gas station, demorph, and call his superiors. Then it would all be over. Jake would be seized, probably by Tom himself. Rachel would be taken on her way to the mall. Marco, Axe, Tobias, one by one, they would each be dragged unwilling, crying, screaming, begging, or perhaps with whatever dignity they could hold on to, down, down into the yerk pool. And there, stunned unconscious to keep them from morphing, they would have their heads shoved down into the sludge of the yerk pool. And at that moment, their freedom would die. And perhaps the last, best hope of humanity would die as well. My fault. All my fault. I was a fool. I was a coward. I'd been unwilling to do the hard, brutal, necessary thing. Instead, I'd followed... What? A wish? An instinct? A pathetic hope? To be like this... The yerk said dreamily in my head. Oh, to be like this. To fly. All alone. Up here in the sky. To have these eyes. I can see everything. Everything down to the tiniest blade of grass. I waited for Aftran to head toward civilization. But she didn't. She circled. Unsure. I could hear and feel her doubts. But then... Down below, threading their way through the trees, a dozen men in state police uniforms. They were moving along the river. Lancing left, the osprey's eyes saw Karen, still sitting hunched on a rock. Several thousand yards of dense forest separated the men from the girl. A rescue party, I thought. Of course, I'm missing. Karen is missing. There will be a massive search underway. Yes, there probably is. Aftran agreed. But those aren't normal rescuers. They are controllers. I know some of them. They aren't looking for you. They're looking for me. They will expect me to be in Karen. If they find her, they'll know I've made you my host. They'll ask why. Was Aftran anxious? Afraid? Why? She moved the osprey's head and swept the horizon anxiously. And that's when I saw the birds. They were far off, even for osprey vision. But one, the largest, was definitely a bald eagle. And the other birds flying with it were not eagles. I could guess what the other birds were. A peregrine falcon, a northern harrier, another osprey, and, of course, a red-tailed hawk. I tried to shut the knowledge off from Aftran, but she knew as soon as I knew. So, your friends are coming. To rescue you? Or to kill you. To kill you? I told the yerk. They'll hold me until you starve from lack of rays. 
I could tell Avtran was shocked. You know about Kinjona rays? Of course, I see it now. I haven't had time to open up all your memories. Your people will find Karen, I said. When they find she's no longer a controller, they'll kill her, won't they? They can't allow her to go around telling what she knows. They'll kill that little girl. And your friends will kill me, Aftran said. Do you know what it's like to die of Kinjona starvation? Do you know what kind of agony it causes? Then let's put an end to the killing, I cried. Your side, my side. The Animorphs will be here soon. They've seen me. There will be a battle. Some of those controllers down there on the ground will die. Some of my friends may die. Karen may die. You may die. For what? For what? She laughed bitterly. You think you can make peace between human and yurk and andalite? Don't be stupid. No, I don't think we can make peace between all humans and all yurks and all andalites. But you and I can have peace. One yurk. One human. Aftran said nothing, but I could hear echoes of her thought. Back to the yurk pool, to hide among the other yurks, to try and disappear in the mass of slugs, to leave her host and never return. Never to see again. Never to see blue, green, red. Never again to see the sun. Any sun. Why? So some little human girl with green eyes could be free? Do you know what you're asking me to do? Aftran demanded. Yes, I said. And if you were me? I hesitated. I can't answer that. I'm not you. But Aftran opened my brain again, flipping through my pages of memory, listening to my instincts, absorbing my beliefs. You believe you would sacrifice anything to save Karen? Aftran said. That's what you believe. You believe if you were me, you would make the sacrifices. But I'm not you, I said again. Maybe you are, she said coldly. More than you think. Aftran turned in the warm morning air and began flapping back toward Karen. And that's when an echo of Aftran's thoughts bubbled up inside my own consciousness. And I felt the heart-freezing dread. Chapter 20 We flew first over the heads of the controllers, the human controllers disguised as state police. On the ground there, Yaheen 747, this is Aftran 942 of the Het Simplat Pool. I know you don't see me, but listen to my warning. A group of five birds of prey is coming this way. They are the Andalite bandits in Morph. I saw the human controllers looking around puzzled at the sudden thought speak but also looking worried. They began to unlimber their guns. So much for peace, I said bitterly. But then I realized she had said Andalite bandits. Aftran had lied to her fellow Yurks. We landed beside Karen. She had managed to hobble and crawl into the meadow. She didn't realize it, but it had taken her a little further from the searching controllers. It could take them hours to find her now. And possibly my own friends would be delayed too, as the human controllers tried to attack them. More battle. More violence. Pointless. Not pointless, Aftran said, reading my thoughts as if they were her own. 
the osprey came to rest within a few feet of Karen. Karen had stopped crying. Now she gazed in wonder and confusion as I, as Aftran, as we, began to demorph. The feathers melted away. My flesh reappeared. My eyes grew dim and human again. My hearing was clouded. My wings became arms and my talons grew to become legs. Karen's face took on a look of defeat. She realized now who I was and what was inside my head. Karen tried to turn away, tried to run, but her ankle felt her instantly and she went down in the grass. Her hand clutched at a bundle of yellow wildflowers. Don't do this, Heftran, I cried. Stay in me, let her go. But as I watched, helpless inside my own body, I saw my own hands reach out and take Karen roughly. She cried and beat at me with small fists, but my hands blocked her blows. My hands grabbed her head and held her ear against my own. I wanted to cry, but I didn't control my own tears. I wanted to comfort, but my voice was not mine. I pressed Karen against me and held her tight, and the yerk named Aftran extended a slithering extrusion from my ear into Karen's. It took a few minutes. Slowly, gradually, bit by bit, I felt myself regain control. I could turn my eyes. I could move my legs. But Aftran retained control of my hands till she was almost entirely across, back inside Karen's head. My hands! I controlled them. I pushed away, shoving Karen from me. I saw the last of the yerk, the last of the slithering gray slug, Shloop into Karen's head. I sat down, suddenly too exhausted and dispirited to run or morph or even think. I just wanted to cry. I guess maybe I did. I don't know. Karen's voice said, Your friends or mine will find us soon, but not very soon, I think. What does it matter? I asked. It matters that they not find us for two hours. What are you planning on doing? I asked. I looked up and realized that Karen's green eyes were filled with tears. Karen's tears. But they only flowed because Aftran, the Yurk, was crying. You tell me what you think I should do, Karen said harshly, despite the tears. Andalites? Humans? There's no difference. You're both smug, moralizing superior races. You both live in beautiful worlds. You have hands and eyes and the freedom to move about wherever you like. And you hate us for wanting all those same things. We can't help what we are any more than you can. We're born with eyes and hands and legs. You're born as... as what you are. Slugs! Karen cried. That's what you call us, isn't it? Slugs! Like some wet, slimy thing crawling across the sidewalk after it rains. Something you step on and say, Ew! Gross! You're a yerk. I can't change that. You can't change it either. All you can do is make other creatures into slaves so you can be more free. How can you justify making Karen a slave so you can be free? It's wrong. I don't care if you're human or Andalite or yerk. It's wrong. Karen looked at me and nodded. Yes, I know. She shrugged her shoulders and looked down at the ground. She bent down and raised a leaf so I could see it. Hanging from the bottom of the leaf was a caterpillar. 
It was maybe an inch and a half long. It hung from the bottom of the leaf and was busy writhing out of its old skin. The old skin was gathered around the caterpillar like a sock that had fallen down your leg. This is what I am, Karen said. A slug. A worm. What this little creature experiences is what I would experience if I didn't have a host body. I... I'm sorry, I said. It was all I could think of to say. You ask me to become this worm again. You ask a lot of me, Cassie the Anamorph. You say we can make peace between us? Just you and me and Karen? You say we can make a start. And then you ask me to give up everything while you go on about your life, living in Miss Splendor and Magnificence. All I could do was to shake my head. I didn't even know what it meant. Was I denying what she said? No. It was the truth. So I ask you, Cassie, Karen said in a silky voice, what will you give up if I give up everything? I... What can I? Karen carefully, gently, placed the half-cocooned caterpillar in my hand. Let its DNA flow into you, Cassie. No, I whispered. You ask me to pay a terrible price to make Karen free again. Will you pay the same price? Will you become this little creature? Will you stay in that morph for two hours while I stand guard? But I would be trapped permanently, I cried. Yes, just as I will be trapped permanently. I couldn't breathe. My heart kept pounding really fast, then seemed to stop. I couldn't even see anything, just Karen's face and the caterpillar. It's a lot easier to tell someone else what they must do than to do it yourself, eh, Cassie? Karen mocked. It's a trick, I whispered. You'd trap me, then you'd just laugh and take off. Karen shook her head. You know better than that. You have morphing power. As a host body, you would be incredibly valuable. Visser 3 is the only morph-capable yerk. Your body, along with the body of your friends? Unbelievably valuable. I would be the Yurk who captured the Animorphs. They'd make me a subvisor at the very least. I'd have it all. A great assignment? My choice of host bodies. Do you think I would deliberately trap a morph-capable body as a bug if I weren't sincere? I'm giving up everything. Will you give up nothing? I looked down at the caterpillar, squirming in my trembling hand. I raised my eyes and looked around at the world. The trees. The grass. The sky. The flowers. I had cared about nature all my life. And still, I had not understood how magnificent it was until that moment. To lose my parents. My friends. The entire world. To save my parents. My friends. Maybe even the entire world. I closed my eyes and began to focus and the DNA of the caterpillar entered my blood. Chapter 21 The caterpillar grew still. It stopped writhing. Most animals become calm and quiet while being acquired. Now do it, Karen said. I wanted to argue. I wanted to say, forget it! I could morph to the wolf instead and kill her. It would save my friends. It would save me. 
but it wouldn't free the little girl named Karen from the yerk in her head. And it would just be more of the same. Violence and brute force and another innocent victim. I looked around me at all I was losing, and I focused my mind as I had done a hundred times before. Slowly, the changes began. I am a fast morpher normally. Even Axe says so. But I was not hurrying now. I wanted to hold on to every last second of my life as a human. But still, the changes came. My legs began to shrink. I was falling, falling toward the ground. Karen's face, which had been lower than mine, became level with mine, then higher than mine. The ground rushed up toward me, pine needles thickening to become twigs, blades of grass looking like saplings. Karen's swollen, splinted ankle looked as thick as a redwood tree. As my legs shrank, so did my arms. I stared down at them as they withered, twisting and curling like a paper that's been thrown on the edge of a fire. The fingers curled and disappeared. My body was thickening, elongating. The trunk of my body was now huge compared to my arms and legs. And my head was getting smaller as well. My field of vision was distorted by the fact that my eyes were moving closer together. Suddenly, all along my back, tiny sharp daggers sprouted, the spines of the caterpillar. And all along my front, sets of minuscule legs began to emerge. It was beyond creepy. I looked like a taxon. Three pairs of little sharp legs grew out of my chest. Four more sets of somewhat different looking legs grew from my stomach. My own two legs melted together, and quite suddenly, I was in the body of a worm. I wanted to cry. Morphing is always terrifying. Morphing a new creature is the most terrifying thing. But morphing a hideous bug and knowing that you will spend the rest of your life in that body. I felt a cinching, like someone was tightening a series of belts all up and down my body. I looked down and saw the puffy yellow and green flesh become a dozen segments. It was like those little snap-together plastic blocks babies play with. I fell forward, helpless. It seemed like a long fall, but I was no more than six inches long and still shrinking. I saw pine needles as big as telephone poles rush up at me. I saw a beetle walking by, looking as large as a dog. I saw a flash of color, flowers all around, the sky, and Karen's green eyes. And then I saw nothing more. I landed with a soft poof. My rows of legs absorbed the slight shock. I could still sense vibration. I could feel my mouth parts moving. I knew the caterpillar's extremely simple, basic mind was rising up within my own. It was urgent. In a hurry. Hunger? No, something else. Something it had to do. I could fight the caterpillar mind. I could resist. But what would be the point? Demorph! Demorph! I cried. Don't do it! I begged myself. But now it was already too late. If I demorphed, Karen would know our deal was off, and I would be totally vulnerable as I slowly returned to human form. I cried out silently, pleading, begging, screaming. But there was no answer. I was alone. I was more alone than any human being has ever been. I abandoned myself to the caterpillar, and it began to climb the stalk of a flower it could not see. 
Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, I am your host, Daniel, and boy, did I love doing these three chapters. Um, climax of, of this book, I would, I think it's safe to say, um, right here, and uh, I don't know, I just had a ball. <laughs> favorite book, favorite section of the book, I guess? I mean, it's the most exciting part. Um, I don't know, I'm really proud of this. I hope everyone uh, enjoys it. I don't, I don't have anything else to say here, I don't think. Um, I got an email from, like a spam email from uh, pod status. I don't know what it is. It seems like some sort of data aggregation service that uh, sent me an email. Uh, so Carlos from pod status uh, wrote, Hello, how's it going? Hope all is well. I have some cool information that might interest you. Uh, which is just in the last 30 days, I was ranked position 39 in the category of books in Ireland, which I guess is pretty cool. So thank you, Carlos from Pot Status. <laughs> I appreciate learning that. Uh, Ireland's pretty cool, I think, in my opinion. But that's that's it. That's the only email I got for you guys this week. So, ooh, is there a plane flying over my house? Can you hear that? Anyway, uh, if you'd like to write in like Carlos from Pod Status, you can do that at uh, my Gmail, that's audiomorphscast at gmail.com, Tumblr at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com, uh, my website, theapodcalypse.com, that's theapodcalypse, like apocalypse, but with the D in the middle, and now also on Twitter, at audiomorphs. Uh, the Twitter, I will read uh, your message out loud on the show if you uh, DM me, otherwise I'm going to assume you just want to very briefly say hi and I'll probably reply on Twitter. Uh let's see what what else is there. Um Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review, I guess. Uh tell a friend, all of that. You know what? Say something nice about someone today. Go go message someone or talk to someone and and compliment them about something. That's 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 what we're doing today. Uh, other than that, uh we got I think two more episodes if my math works out correctly. Um, which it doesn't always because I'm not great at math, but I believe we've got two more episodes and then the book will wrap up. Um, so stay tuned, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.